Hey everyone, welcome back to Finding the Middle Path, Be Drama Free Through DBT. This episode we're going to talk about radical acceptance and learning how to be accepting. So accepting reality is part of the distress tolerance module. Before we even begin, there are two sort of ways to accept reality. One is using your body, and the other is using your mind to make accepting choices. In order to be able to use your mind to make accepting choices, you want to put your body into an accepting mind state. So a couple of ways you can do this is by using half smile or by observing your breath. If you've never done a half smile, a really good example is to look at the Mona Lisa. If you take a look at her, she's got just the two corners of her mouth slightly upturned and she looks like she has a little bit of a secret, right? That's called the half smile. If you don't like the secret way of looking at it, you could think of like a little cat stretching out in front of a fireplace. They look really peaceful and calm, right? That's also the half smile. Observing the breath is simply paying attention to your body's breathing. I like to use deep breathing for that, so breathing in through the nose and then out through the mouth, which we've talked about before, but you can use any sort of a breathing exercise. Some popular ones are square breathing, where you inhale and imagine your finger going up one side of a square, exhale as you're going across the top of a square, inhale as you're going down the other side of the square, and exhale as you're going around the bottom of the square, tracing it all out with your hand or your finger. Some other ones are birthday cake breathing or star breathing. It's, it's pretty much just paying attention to how your body is taking in breath. Any of those things will work. So while you're using your mind to make accepting choices, make sure that you have your body in an accepting mind state as well. Before we even get to acceptance, we have to take the first step, which is figuring out is acceptance even necessary? So whenever you have a serious problem in your life, you have five optional ways to respond. The first is figuring out how to solve the problem. The second is changing how you feel about the problem. The third, accept it. The fourth, stay miserable, no skill use. Or finally, the fifth, make things worse, act on your impulsive urges. All right, story time. So the best way to see the optional responses is to have an actual example. So my example comes from the serious problem that came into my life of a very complicated milk allergy. So right before I turned 30, I was having a protein shake, something I'd done many mornings in a row, when suddenly I felt weird. Like my body just felt different than it normally did to the point where I decided to go to the emergency room and it was a good thing that I did because when I got there, we figured out I was having an anaphylactic reaction to whatever I had eaten at some point in the day. I went to the allergist and we figured out it was probably a milk allergy, a very serious one that I had developed. And because of that, I did come to my five ways of responding. So the first one was trying to figure out how to solve the problem. As I said, I went to the allergist and I asked him, is there anything I can do to fix this? He said that there are a couple of different things that I could do. The first is I could come every week and get an allergy shot, and that would probably fix the problem, but we wouldn't know until I did it. 
I am not someone that likes getting shots. I mean, if you ask my mom, I almost didn't go to college because I didn't want to get shots in my arm. So I've gotten a little better in my in my old age, but I still don't like it. It's still not my favorite thing to do. So that was another question for me. His second suggestion was that I could continue to eat products, milk products, and just see what my body could take. So sort of like a trial and error. And sometimes I would have a reaction and sometimes I wouldn't. And I would just have to keep track of that and figure out what I could do and what I couldn't. I am also not a gambling person, and I really didn't like going to the emergency room. It was uncomfortable, it, did, it was not my favorite experience, and it was kind of pricey. So that was also out of the question. So optional response number one, figure out how to solve a problem. There is no way to solve the problem. Optional response number two, change how you feel about the problem. Well, in order to change that, you have to figure out how you actually do feel. So. I felt angry. I didn't know that the last Snickers bar I ever had was going to be the last thing, right? I felt sad. So many different ice cream flavors, so many things that I just can't have now. How to change those things? So I would feel angry and try to calm down. So I'd take some breaths. I'd watch a show that made me happier, anything like that. If there was around somewhere with pizza and it was making me upset because I couldn't eat it, I would leave the room, you know. I found that I could change how I felt about the problem in the short term, but it didn't last. It didn't last for very long at all. So optional response number two was a no-go. I could not figure out how to change how I felt about the problem for any amount of lasting time. Optional response number three, accept it, is going to be our last thing we talked about because that's not what I went to next. What I went to next was actually optional response number four, stay miserable. So that's no skill use. I would, I made myself absolutely miserable with this milk allergy. So I would walk up and down the ice cream aisles and look at all the new flavors that were coming out, all the things that I couldn't have. I would go to the candy aisle and I would pick up a Snickers and look at the back to make sure that it still had milk in it. Spoiler alert, they always still have milk in it. And sometimes I'd even like carry it around, just, I'm, I'm gonna buy it, I'm gonna buy it, it's okay, I'm just gonna do it. And eventually I'd put it back, right? But that whole time I'd have that Snickers in my hand. And usually I would check the ingredients again, because what if somehow they might have changed, right? And in the time that I was walking around the store, maybe the milk is not in it. Yeah, that never happened either. I would wish upon a star, you know, that when you're a little kid and you find that first star, starlight, star bright, first star I see tonight, I wish I may, I wish I might. Hope my wish comes true tonight. Please let me be able to just have milk again. So I would do all those things. And I'm not even kidding. These are actual things that I did. And they sound ridiculous now in hindsight. But in the moment, that's what I was doing. And all of that just made me focus more on the things that I couldn't have, right? And it made me more and more miserable until finally I came to option number five. Make things worse. Act on your impulsive urges. At some point, when I was, you know, carrying my Snickers bar around the store, I decided that I was not about this life. I am not going to be told what to do. I would probably be fine. More than likely, I won't have serious reactions if I just take little bits, and I could probably handle little bits. 
So I did that. I started doing that. I would go and I'd get cheeseburgers instead of hamburgers. And sure enough, I'd have a little bit of a reaction, but I would just trudge through it, even though it was really uncomfortable, right? I bought lots and lots of Benadryl to keep with me so that when I had my reactions, I could make sure they didn't get too bad. So I wouldn't have to go to the emergency room or use my EpiPen. And I could just take Benadryl and try and calm it down. I did that for several months probably until one day I had a Twix bar and I remember this exact day and I had timed it out so that I could have the Twix bar go through my allergic reaction that I was definitely going to have from it and make it to work on time without having any sort of allergic after effects right so I did that and I misjudged the amount of time that I had so I'm getting to the point where I have to go to work my face is puffy, I took Benadryl and it was starting to wear off and it hadn't taken all the effects of my allergic reaction away. I had hives up and down my arms and I thought to myself, I'm gonna go to work and these teenagers are gonna be like, dude, what is wrong with you? Why is your face swollen? Why do you have those bumps on your arms? And I felt embarrassed and kind of ashamed that I was doing this to myself and it was at that point that I decided I needed to do something different I couldn't do this anymore this was not a way to live it was stressful every time I had an allergic reaction it I always thought this isn't worth it yet somehow the next time that I tried it it felt like it was going to be but it never actually ended up being worth it finally I got to the third option of response accepting it so for me what acceptance took was taking a lot of actions that showed that I was willing to accept this allergy that I had and not let it control my life anymore. The actions that I took first was I had a friend who was a vegan who, again, another spoiler alert, later became my wife, and I asked her, hey, I have this milk allergy, I, I can't have milk products anymore, and I have no idea how to live with that. You're a vegan, you don't have milk products out of choice, so can you help me? Can you show me where milk products or where milk-free products live and like how to do stuff without using milk? Because I have no idea, I'm, in, I'm lost here. And so she did. She took me to the co-op and she showed me all the things that I could have that were milk-free. She took me to different grocery stores and she showed me like the alternatives to the different things that I could use. And she even showed me how to cook something. She taught me how to make potato soups, which she says I probably forgot how to make now. And she wouldn't trust me to make it on my own anymore, which is probably true. This was a long time ago. So all that time that she spent with me teaching me things and over all that time I finally got to the point where I didn't feel like I was missing out on life because of my milk allergy so to this point now it's been almost 10 years actually yeah it's been about just about 10 years since I've developed this milk allergy and it's gotten to the point where I don't feel like I have a lesser life because I can't have these things and instead of pouting and being upset that I can't have Snickers bars I try and find alternatives and even though my alternatives are 
asking my in-laws to make me special things because they've been doing this for longer than I have. That's still an alternative, right? And that's good enough for me. It's better than good enough because it makes it so that my life feels like a regular life, even though I have this pretty serious thing that I'm never going to be able to get rid of. It's just part of who I am now. So that's my story on acceptance. Okay, so after the story, we come to our skill, which is radical acceptance. Radical acceptance is accepting the things that you can't change. So you have to have complete acceptance in your mind, heart, and body. It's when you stop fighting reality, you stop throwing tantrums, and you let go of bitterness. It's the transformation from why me to things are as they are. The important part about acceptance is to remember that acceptance doesn't mean approval and it might require engaging in accepting actions. Now, the manual says that it sometimes requires action, but I actually kind of disagree with that. I think that in order to become accepting, you pretty much always have to take an action, even if the action is just telling yourself things to help you be accepting or using half smile or taking deep breaths. I consider all of those to be actions that are kind of important when it comes to acceptance. So for me, acceptance always requires taking accepting actions, but other people are different. Using acceptance skills at work. So I found that I use half smile and observe the breath lots and lots and lots of times in the week especially when I was working on the floor and things were not going how they were supposed to be going. When you work with teenagers, you're not gonna be able to control what they do a lot of the time. So in order to keep myself calm and being able to accept that things are not going how I'd like them to go, I started practicing half smile and I found that it actually worked. The same thing with observing the breath. When I would take deep breaths, I would find myself be, being much more calm and being able to interact with the teenagers in a way that I hadn't before. Another thing that works for acceptance is the good old-fashioned serenity prayer. So if you've never heard the serenity prayer before, it comes from, well, AA has adopted it, but it's a lot older than AA actually is, and it goes. You can say God or higher power, whoever it is you believe in, or just not say the beginning part at all. The most important part is the actual prayer, which goes, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So just repeating that to myself has actually worked over time. One of the other things that I really struggle with at work is I used to be kind of... Uh, not, not super controlling, but yeah, super controlling. I wanted things to go my way and I wanted everyone to do the things that I was doing the way that I was doing them because obviously it was the best way to do things. I, I had to move past that because when you work in an environment when there are a lot of different personalities, there are a lot of different people working and you're not the boss, then people are going to find different ways to do things. So I had to find a way to be accepting of that and not be a jerk to those other people that were doing things differently. So I came up, well I didn't come up with it, but I started telling myself, it's not my circus, not my monkeys. And that actually worked as well. That reminded me that I can't control what other people do. I can only control what I do and that's okay. So not my circus, not my monkeys. The main thing about using acceptance skills at work is that 
it is a huge opportunity to role model accepting behaviors. So to acknowledge behaviors, recognize, endure, and not give up or give in. I think that is the main purpose of using acceptance skills at work is to be a role model because as we'll talk about in a few minutes, teenagers and acceptance, they do not go together. Okay, so it's very challenging to teach acceptance skills to teenagers because they also want everything to go their way. They want what they want and they don't want something different. And if you try to give them something different, they're going to refuse it and go get what they actually want. I found that the best strategy to teach acceptance is to actually just model accepting behaviors. So I could tell them, I don't agree with your choice, but this is your choice to make. Or like if they decided not to go to group, like, well, this is an option. It's probably not the best option, but it's one that you can take if you want. And actually giving them that autonomy usually kind of helps them see that they can make a different decision on their own and they come to acceptance over time. Another thing is to kind of guide them into the direction of the responses, right? So asking them, is there anything that we can change about this situation? And if they say no, say, okay, well, what can we do so that we can work with what we have? And using the word we, so they think that and they feel like you are on a team trying to get through a situation. So that also helps. The last one that I use quite often is what will help us in the situation so that we can keep moving forward. Again, using we so that they don't feel like they're against the world, so it's them against the world. I've also found that given the time and the space, they will get to acceptance on their own, but they definitely need that time and space. And sometimes just acknowledging, verbally acknowledging to them that the situation sucks kind of helps. So a lot of times in our treatment center, kids are not, they're not happy about being there. They don't want to be there. And it's really hard to accept something that you don't like. And it again, important thing, acceptance doesn't mean approval. So they'll be upset and acting out. And eventually when they kind of calm down, but they're still yeah, making a choice that's not good for them, just telling them, you know, I understand the situation sucks and you're right. The situation absolutely does suck. Just leaving it at that and letting them sit and think that and know that someone knows that their situation is not the greatest, not the best, that helps them. And eventually they will get to the acceptance part on their own for the most part. There are a time or two when they won't get to that, but they are far and few between. Sometimes acceptance mantras can help if they're willing to try them. So there are different things like, I can get through this, this doesn't last forever. Um, a popular one is, this is only temporary. Again, they have to be able to say them to themselves though. That's one other thing to remember is when you're talking to teenagers about acceptance, they really need to find it on their own. If you tell them you need to be accepting of this because you can't do anything about it, that will absolutely turn them off from even trying anything. So finding mantras that can help them or asking their peers to with mantras that help them so that they have peer input on it, those things are 
are helpful if they're willing to try them. Okay, that is all that we've got for today. Thank you so much for listening. All of our information that we talked about today was taken from the DBT Skills Manual for Adolescents by Jill Rathis and Alec Miller. Thanks so much for spending 20 minutes of your time learning about acceptance and how to teach it and how to be accepting yourself. And we will continue talking about more acceptance skills next time when we find the middle path and be drama-free through DBT.